So my friends, today we jump right back into ordinary time, having celebrated uh, Trinity Sunday and then Corpus Christi. Um, now we re-enter into ordinary time and we find ourselves at the 12th Sunday in ordinary time, uh, jumping right into our Lord's discourse to the apostles as he is sending them out. And we can take from this gospel, uh, I would say, three lessons about evangelization and what our evangelization should look like. The first is that we, when, whenever we preach, whenever we share the gospel, and even in the very way that we live, we need to confess Jesus Christ. We acknowledge, uh, the word is confidior in Latin, but it, to acknowledge in this translation, to acknowledge our Lord before others, to confess him before others, that all of our um, work of evangelization needs to be centered on Jesus Christ, and that if it's not, If the Lord is not at the center of our work of evangelization, then it's not true Christian preaching. It's not true Christian life if we are not um, centered on our Lord. If we try to turn the gospel into a type of self-help, like be the best version of yourself. This is if you live the gospel, you're just going to have a great life and be productive. Uh, That's not the gospel message. What's the gospel message? It's the Lord Jesus that all of our evangelization is rooted on him, that he is the one that we uh, proclaim, that he is the one that we talk about. St. Dominic uh, was said to have only ever spoken to God or about God, right? And he's the founder of the order of preachers. That this is, you know, even how many many homilies are just about, um, oh, here's, here's what I did this past week. Let me tell a few jokes. Like, homilies within the church should be Christ-centered. It should all be centered on our Lord and on our Lord's call to us to evangelize on the life of faith, on the building up of doctrine, that we need to know the teaching of the faith. We need to know who our Lord is. All work of evangelization needs to be rooted in the proclamation of Jesus Christ. And as each of us in our uh, walks of life, this is also um, how we ought to live that we confess Christ not just with our words, but with our deeds. I don't live in a way that's inconsistent with our Lord. I know I've shared this story before, but Mother Teresa, um, in her work, uh, particularly with the dying, um, the sisters um, would help anyone who was dying, whether they were Catholic, Christian, or or not, and they, um, they would help them, and they would care for them, and they would love them, and they would show them tremendous mercy. And there was this one day that this, um, this man was going to die. And so, you know, when someone's dying in that way, something I think we've lost in our culture is a reality of, yes, you're going to die, um, but this is not the end. And so Mother, Mother Teresa kept that, that supernatural vision. And she said, you're going to meet Jesus today. You're going to meet Jesus today. And the man replied, if Jesus is anything like you, I can't wait to meet him. How many people could say that about us? How many people would be able, if Jesus is anything like you, Father Casey, I can't wait to meet him. I don't know. There's a lot of work to go there. Um, But that that's what it should be, not just by our words, but by our deeds. When people encounter us, what's different about us? That it's I decrease and Christ increases. And that this is the path for Christian life for all of us, whether lay or cleric or religious, all of us are called to allow Christ to shine forth in our life. He increases, I decreases, I decrease. As people encounter me, 
they should feel like they've met Jesus Christ. If they were to meet Christ right after meeting me, there should be nothing inconsistent. There should be, well, there'll always be a gap between how I'm able to imitate Christ because of my own sinfulness. There should be real consistency of form in what it's like to be with me and then what it will be like to be with our Lord one day. So all preaching and all evangelization is rooted in Christ. The second point is that our work of evangelization and preaching and living the gospel has to be confident. That we have to be confident in the way that we live and proclaim our faith. We can't be afraid of our faith. We can't be afraid of the gospel message. We can't be afraid even about the difficult truths that our church teaches. They're difficult, but they're good. Just like medicine at times may be difficult to take, but it's good for us. Or exercise may be hard to do, but it's good for us. It builds us up. Same with the tough teachings of our church, the ones that we find difficult, whichever ones they may be, they're good for us. They strengthen us. They build us up. They bring us toward greater happiness, but a hard-earned happiness. We need to be confident in our preaching and are confident in living the gospel. And this confidence comes from that the more we imitate Christ, the more that we have a relationship with the Father. That through our baptisms, we, through our baptism, we are adopted sons and daughters of the Father. And so this awareness, this confidence in our divine filiation, to know that we are sons and daughters of the Father, that gives us confidence. Hey, I'm a son of God. Like, what don't I have to be confident about? I'm a son of God. I should live out of that confidence. I should live in knowing, particularly on this Father's Day, as we wish our earthly fathers happy Father's Day. If our fathers have passed from this world, as we pray for them, which is the greatest gift we could give them on this Father's Day, we should all be more aware on this Father's Day that while we have an earthly father, we have a heavenly father. That if we've been adopted by Christ, with Christ in baptism, that we call on God, Abba, Father. We call God our dad. Abba, how much we just need a good dad. And that when you have a good dad, you can act with confidence. You know, um, dad taught me this. There's a, there's a YouTube channel that has over 2 million subscribers. Now, maybe they could throw some of them our way. Uh, but there has over 2 million subscribers. Uh, dad, how do I? And it's just a man who was abandoned by his father who started doing YouTube videos about uh, dad advice and how to do dad things. So how to shave, how to tie a tie, what tools mean what. And we can be confident in advice and um, the care that we get from dad on this Father's Day while we love and experience that for our earthly fathers, all the more so for our heavenly father, our Abba. Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your heavenly father's knowledge or just even without your father being there with it. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. You know, something that hit me in prayer this week is that um, sparrows are worth basically nothing, right? They're basically worth nothing. And so our Lord is like, look, even the sparrows that are worth nothing, um, your heavenly Father knows about them and loves them and takes care of them and is with them even when they fall to the ground. You're worth more than many sparrows, right? I mean, like, it's not like saying you're worth more than many Mercedes, right? You're worth more than many BMWs. You're worth more than many houses or pieces of gold. Like, 
no, no. But hey, even the sparrow, like you're worth more than many sparrows. Like maybe today our animal example would be goldfish, right? Like goldfish who barely survive getting from the bag of water from the carnival into the bowl. Like, and they, they all die. Goldfish inevitably die. But our father knows the goldfish. Don't be afraid. You're worth more than many goldfish, right? The father loves us. He cares for us. If he could even take care of those things we consider unimportant, that we don't place too much stock in, he could take care of us. That's the confidence we need to have. That's where our confidence as a church comes from, from our recognition of our divine filiation. If our confidence as a church comes from our numbers that come to Mass, well, that's been hampered recently. If our confidence in the church comes from our great financial stability, (laughs) yeah, what financial stability? If our confidence in the church comes from the fact that we got big buildings, we own a lot of property, like really? That's, that's more of a liability now than an asset. Our confidence doesn't come from any of those things. If our confidence comes from um, the virtue of those in charge, and as good as that can be sometime, if it's human, it will always inevitably fail. Where does our confidence come from as a church? Abba, Father, an awareness of our divine filiation. That gives us a true supernatural confidence that nothing in the world can shake. That allows us to not be afraid, to not fear at all. So, our preaching, our evangelization in the world, in our own lives, and to imitate and always be centered on Jesus Christ, that relationship with Jesus Christ, we, we get that, the divine filiation, and that gives us the root of our confidence. And then finally, all of our apostolate, our evangelization, needs to be an overflow of our interior life. That this is, if we're trying to evangelize, um, there's a beautiful book called Soul of the Apostolate. And one of the things that um, Father Chatard says in that is that our apostolate, our outreach, our evangelization, needs to be like a reservoir, which from its own fullness overflows rather than like a canal or like a pipe that the water just passes through, right? It's It's just passing through. If my evangelization is shallow, because I actually don't have it, then it's just going to be passing through, and it's not going to be effective. Our Lord says, What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. What we pray with, what's the fruit of our prayer, that's what we evangelize. That's what we share with others. That's how we become more Christ-like, by hours and hours and hours spent in the presence of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, reading the Holy Scriptures, allowing him to speak to us in the darkness, allowing him to whisper to us in the interior of our heart. And then from that comes interior life. From that, uh, from that interior life comes evangelization, I'm sorry. From that comes all apostolate. It's got to be an overflow. If we don't have it personally with the Lord, it will never be effective. But if we do, if we're rooted in interior life, again, going back to Mother Teresa, who I love so much, she, um, the sisters came up to her one day and said, Mother, we can't, they did a holy hour, a continuous hour of prayer in front of our Lord in the Eucharist every day. And some of the sisters came up to her one day and said, Mother, we are too busy. There is too much to do. We don't have time to make a holy hour. Like, we can't, there's so much to do. And Mother Teresa said, yes. There is way too much to do, more than we could possibly accomplish. And so, you're right. Um, 
Maybe one holy hour isn't doing it, so we need to do two. And to this day, the missionaries of charity do two holy hours every day. If we have a lot of work to do, and there is a lot of work to do, there are a lot of people who need to receive the gospel. There's a lot of people who have strayed from the faith. There's a lot of work to do. Well, then we need more prayer, not less. We need to spend more time with our Lord. Our apostle is an overflow of our interior life. It's meant to be a reservoir that gives from itself, from its plentitude. It's never selfish to spend time with the Lord. It's the most effective thing we could possibly be doing, to spend that time in prayer with our Lord, to daily be replenished through being with him in the Eucharist, through reading the sacred scriptures, that this is uh, how we are effective. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. If we don't know how to evangelize, if we don't know what to do, well, go pray. Let our Lord whisper. If you haven't heard the whisper of the Lord, of course you don't know what to proclaim from the housetops, right? If, he hasn't, if you haven't been there with him, um, waiting with him, then you don't, you don't have a clue what to say, of course. You don't know how to evangelize? What do you do? Go pray. Read scripture. Wait patiently. Meditate upon it. Be with our Lord. That'll, he'll, he'll tell us what to say. It's not our, our own thoughts. It's his. Um, and so... As we jump back into ordinary time this Sunday, this is the, the path, this is the course for our evangelization. That we need to always proclaim Jesus Christ and we need to imitate him more and more in our lives. That we do it with confidence because we know that we are adopted sons and daughters of the Father and that we're worth more than many sparrows and that this apostolate is an overflow of our interior life and that if we want to grow an apostolate, we grow an interior life. We ask Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, whose whole life of apostles is an overflow, being gratia plena, full of grace. We ask Our Lady, our mother, uh, to pray for us in this, uh, that she may always lead us to her Son and strengthen us to proclaim our Lord Jesus Christ to the entire world.